Well, praise God. Turn back over in your Bibles today. Can you guess? Let's go back to Matthew. Yeah, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Getting into what is known theologically as Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. You know, we take great care to record and do what we can to archive the utterances and the teachings of our services here. And uh, aren't you glad somebody had the presence of mind while Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount? Come on, to write it down. Aren't you glad? Come on. <laughs> you know, what if, what, if, what if Thomas had turned to Bartholomew and said, I thought you were writing today. No, I thought you were supposed to do it, you know. But aren't you glad? Praise God. You know, these spiritual things are precious. We have a written Bible because God moved upon the hearts of men to write and to preserve these precious truths that we're able to live on, build our life on. And uh, praise God. So never let the preciousness of the word get away from you. Amen. So here in verse 24, Jesus said, uh, praise God, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken unto him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. Don't you like that? It fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. Hearing and doing is how you build on the rock. Hearing and doing is the life, the lifestyle that withstands all the storms of life. All the things the enemy's going to do, and he will. All the things that mean, unbelieving, ignorant people are going to do, right? A life that's going to withstand the mistakes you're going to make. Amen. You're right-hearted and you're doing what you know to do to build your life, every arena of your life, on the rock. When the rains come and they will, when the floods come and they will, right? When the winds blow and beat upon your life, your marriage, your family, your finances, your health, your mind, whatever it is, amen, it's not going to fall. It's not going to fall. But it doesn't matter how cute you are. doesn't matter how sincere you are, right? doesn't matter how many followers you have on Instagram, if you don't hear, or if you hear and you don't do, the sayings of Jesus, the word of God, the wind is going to show up, the rain is going to show up, the storm is going to show up in your life, and again, it doesn't matter how popular you are. It doesn't matter how much God loves you. God's love isn't going to fix our not doing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. This kind of life we're describing is a reward. It's not earned, but it's a reward of obeying the principles laid out in the Word. And so we've been saying repeatedly, we're going to say it again on purpose, that victory in life is as simple as a choice. Whenever you find it out, you find it out. But, you know, uh, you make a choice the moment you come into the light. From this point on, I'm a doer of the Word. I'm a doer of the word in every area. Amen. Amen. Because, see, then your, your, your outcome's guaranteed. I like guarantees, don't you? I like principles. I like knowing about laws at work. Right? No matter what degree I have, no matter what abilities I have or don't have, if I just put the law to work, it's going to work for me. <laughs> Amen. And so, praise God, here we are. We're talking about, we've been in a series for a number of weeks now called Building the Family. Building the family. Uh, great families, great marriages, they're built. Children that grow up independent, uh, they grow up healthy and strong, they grow up with a work ethic, they grow up with a God bent, right? They grow up, uh, you know, praise God in a healthy way. Uh, amen. It's going to be through, we, we, can, we do that over time by building the word into our kids. Build the word into it. Make the word the centerpiece of your house. Amen. You know, one of the reasons why uh, the Cody's never have, and I think I can confidently say this far in, we never will have preacher kid problems. You know, my kids are kids. They're not angels, they're kids. Right? Just like me. <laughs> Flawed, not perfect. Amen. But we don't have the problems that you see Others have, not judging, not being criticized, but the, the reason is, is I don't have a preacher hat 
and an outside the pulpit hat. So what you see is what you get. I endeavor to live what I preach and I don't, I endeavor not to preach what I'm not attempting to live. So there's no, they see the flaws. They see the, they see the flaws, my kids. Amen. But they don't, they don't, they don't see hypocrisy. They see sincerity. It's really that simple. Just being sincere. Hallelujah. So again, you don't, don't turn there. We're going to stay in Matthew for a little bit. Uh, praise God, I think. But uh, Proverbs 24, 3, remember that? said, through wisdom, a house is built. So it takes wisdom to build a great marriage. You're not going to have a great marriage because you're born again. <laughs> you're going to have a great marriage because you acquire wisdom. You're going to have great kids because you're born again. You're going to have great kids because you acquire godly wisdom. And you put it into practice. So the Bible says in Proverbs 24, 3, that through wisdom a house, a life, a family is built. Amen. And by understanding, it is established. Hallelujah. Tonight, what I had in my heart to talk to us about was the tool. The primary tool we use to build our marriages and our families. Amen. You know, you build things with tools. And uh, some tools get used more than others, right? Yeah. And uh, the tool that we're talking about, the tool, the dominant tool that you build a great marriage, a great life, great kids, a great family, is the tool of your words. Amen. You build your marriage with your words. Amen. That's also how you destroy your marriage. How do you break children? How do you twist them? How do you mar them? How do you damage them? You do it with your words. You do great, you can destroy with your words, or you can build and fortify and strengthen and establish and beautify. Amen. Your relationships with your words. So, praise God. Keep your finger in Matthew. We're coming back to Matthew. But let's go ahead and go into Proverbs and go to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now, we talk about our words as being critical in many areas, right? We know that our words are critical if we're going to walk in healing and health and divine life. So critical. But I tell you what, we're going to apply this law... This law of God to our marriages and to our families. You know, if your marriage is on the rocks, if your marriage is not where you know it ought to be, where you want it to be, you can heal your marriage by changing your words. You can, you can sow and fertilize and, and, uh, and you, can, you can mend Glory to God, your relationships by changing your words. Amen. 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 So we want to establish this truth with the time we have tonight. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20. Proverbs 18 and uh, verse 20 says, A man's belly shall be satisfied. Or you could say it this way, a person's insides are going to be satisfied, going to be made right with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase, or I think the New King James says, the produce. Yes. The produce. The produce of his lips. With the produce of his mouth shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will, they will eat the fruit. You may have to sow a seed, but if you'll stay with it, you will. You will eat the fruit. Amen. Of your words. Then how interesting is the next verse? Look at verse 22. Whosoever finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. That's an odd place to stick that verse, seemingly, isn't it? Right there, butted up with marriage. Right there, butted up with the, the most key re earthly relationship 
you'll have in your life probably, uh, your spouse, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, right there next to that, he talks about your life is going to be satisfied with the fruit of your mouth. Yes. That you're going to be filled, what you're going to experience in life is the produce of your lips. That death and life have been invested in your tongue. And those that love that truth, those that embrace that truth, that reality, will eat the fruit thereof. Now, everyone is eating the bitter or sweet fruit of what they say. Everyone is. Everyone is. Amen. We're all eating the fruit. It may be sour. It may not be what you like. But we're all eating the fruit of what we say. Hallelujah. And so I want us to think about the power. You can and you are. You can speak life to your marriage. By speaking right. By talking right. Amen. By choosing the right words. Yes. Or you can kill your marriage. Yes. You can kill your passion. You can kill your love. You can kill your connection. You can kill uh, the bond. You can poison your marriage. By speaking the wrong words. It sure is. Amen. I, I was listening to someone today and they said uh, that scientifically that's, it's been very a mystery how, you know, the birds, the, the, the birds on the planet, how they migrate. Many of them migrate. And they'll travel thousands of miles, cross continents to get to an exact location that they're going for. How does that work? And scientists uh, said that they formulized a theory that many of these migrating birds can actually see with their God-given bird eyes the magnetic fields on the planet that we cannot see. They're there. We know they're there. But the birds can, without a GPS, without a guide, they can travel the world in the seasons and get to an exact location because they can actually see what is, we know is there, but we just can't see it. You know, the spirit realm's like that. The spirit realm exists. That realm where the angels are, that realm where the demons are, that realm where hell is, that realm where, uh, praise God, you know, heaven exists and God exists, is it exists right alongside this three-dimensional world. Paul said that God is not far from any one of us. If you could just reach into that Realm And when it comes to your words, very few human beings on this planet appreciate, have any real regard for the power, the gravity, the influence, the effect their words have in that real unseen realm. Amen, that's right. And so I wanted to give you this picture, you know, picture this, this is how it works in the spirit realm with your words. It, picture yourself, every word, when a word comes out of your mouth, picture a seed coming out. Yes. Yesterday my wife got up early and she put the bean seed out. Did you get the okra seed out too? Got the okra seed out. Amen? Planting a seed. Every time you speak, you should picture a seed. It's coming out in the spirit realm. We live in a world, and it's probably always been this way to a degree, but we live in a world today that is absolutely out of control yes. with words. Yes. The things people say to each other. You think we would have, uh, with the knowledge that we've gained even scientifically about the effect of words. Amen. Uh, praise God. We've learned we can kill our plants. By the way, we talk to them. Yeah, right. Amen. Well, how much more precious and sensitive is your spouse than a, your plant? Amen. Amen. And so it just help you. See, a lot of us, we have this idea, words don't mean anything. They're just words. Listen, we have to drive that lie 
far from us. There is no such thing as words that don't mean anything. It's a deception or a lie or both for anyone to say something and then try to undo it by saying, I didn't mean it. No, you meant it. I'm going to prove that to you in a minute. Just because you didn't like the result and the reaction you got, you said what you meant. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But we need to understand this idea that words don't, they don't just come out and die when the sound is not heard. Every word, words don't evaporate. Words don't just go away. Words don't evaporate, words accumulate. Every word you've spoken, unrepented of, is accumulating in the library of heaven. Every one. Not just your prayers. Every word. And every word carries faith or doubt. Every word carries confidence or fear. Every word is a container. Every word is a seed. Every single word is going to have a consequence. Amen. Amen. Glory, glory. How did this planet even get here? God said, let there be, and it was so, and then he, right? He said it, and then he saw it, and then he acknowledged how good it was. Praise God. So every time you speak, you need to understand you're sowing a seed. What kind of seed are you sowing at home? You know, guys, does, does your wife wither in your atmosphere like a dry, crusty, dead rose? Or does she blossom under the nurturing of the words you speak? Wives, what about you? Is the heart of your husband being enriched and enlarged as words of respect and praise and uh, positive affirmation and, and honor are spoken into his heart and mind and hearing? Or is he inwardly doing everything he can not to buckle under the weight of your negativity and your criticism? So we can look at the fruit at someone and, and, and totally try to disassociate what's happening in our marriage from the words we've said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every word you speak, notice this, Proverbs chapter 18, verse number uh, 20, a man's life, your life shall be satisfied with the fruit of your mouth and with the increase, I like this word, the produce of your lips. In other words, your lips are producing something. Amen. Amen. And then he talks about death and life are in the power, the authority of your tongue. Go to Matthew chapter 12 with me. Matthew 12. We were at Matthew 7. We get over to Matthew 12. We want to be firmly entrenched in the understanding of this law about our words and then make sure that we're applying the law positively to every area of our life. Amen. To every area of our life. Amen. Amen. Let me just throw something out to you here. You want to heal your marriage? Let me let me give you a couple of phrases that are just so powerful that you could say. Ready? Yes. Ready? Yes. You could say, honey, I'm sorry. Those are powerful words. Those are powerful words. Some wives have never heard them. <laughs> that guy doesn't apologize for nothing. I'm telling you, but you want to heal your marriage. For her or him to see you finally step up and take responsibility for an action or a wrong word. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Here's another powerful, simple phrase. Babe. Okay, I have to. I was wrong. Man, that's bitter in the belly, isn't it? 
Might be bitter in the belly, but how's that land on you? I was wrong. I mean, some spouse have never heard that. But if you want to change things, if things have been wrong and you want to make them right, these are some powerful words. You leave here and say, honey, I, I am sorry for the way I've talked to you. I am sorry for the tone I've taken. I am sorry for how I have beaten you down with my words. You could, wives, you could say, honey, I am just, I am sorry that I've been so silent and I have just not said what ought to be said. But I'm just telling you, those are powerful words. Remember what they were? Honey, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Wow. Yeah, that's a dynamic duo right there. Write that down. <laughs> Amen. Matthew chapter 12. Let's look at this. Matthew chapter 12. Now, we're going to read these words from Jesus to point out to us, remind us, and to prove to you if you're a skeptic that your words don't evaporate after they're gone. They stay around. And you can't say, oh, I didn't mean it. That's not what's in my heart. You ever heard that? Oh, I didn't mean that. That's not my heart. Oh, that's not what Jesus said. Let's read this. Matthew 12, 33, Jesus said, either make the tree, if you need to, so you don't forget, the tree is the heart. The tree in the analogy is the heart, the insides. Either make the tree good and its fruit good. How do you make the fruit good? The fruit of the tree won't be good if the tree isn't good. You cannot have a great marriage with bad words. Bad words equals bad marriage. Good words equals a good and great marriage. And children and on and on, however you want to apply it. Amen. Either, you know, Jesus said, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. So again, in the analogy, the tree is the heart and the fruit are the words. The tree is the heart and the fruit is your words. Amen. And so how we cannot, we're not, we can't get good fruit, good words from a bad heart. Because that's where our words come from. So if, if profanity comes out of you with great ease, then you have a profane heart. If you put a little pressure and shake you and meanness comes out, you have a mean heart. Say somebody, your wife says something to you that you disagree with and you fly off the handle, you're just so quick to get angry, it's because you have anger in your heart. Now again, that doesn't mean you just throw yourself away, it's all over, but we need to be honest. Our words are telling the truth about us. Jesus said, you shall know a tree by its fruit. You know what Jesus said? He was using an analogy, but he said, you know a person's heart by listening to their words. You can't hide what's in your heart. And if you said it (laughs) with any force or sincerity, then it came out of there. And it's revealing to you the condition of your heart. And if the condition of your heart is not good, your words will not be good. And what you need to do is you need to go to the Holy Spirit. You need to go to the prayer closet. You need to spend time with God and say, God, why am I angry? Why is my heart, how do I cleanse the filthiness of my heart? If out of you comes 
racism or hatred or bigotry, then you are racist. You have a, you, you have a bigoted heart. It doesn't mean we're going to throw you away, but you need to acknowledge it. You need to be truthful. You need to be honest with yourself and go before God and say, God, I see stuff in my heart I don't want, I don't like. Help me, heal me, fix me, minister to me. Praise God. You see, and it's, it's what you meditate on. It's what you think about. It's what's coming in the eye gate, the ear gate. And a lot of times we're carrying around hurts and disappointments and abuses from a long time ago. We just need to let God heal us because that damage on the inside will continue to poison your words and those words will, are poisonous seeds that will continue to do damage. But we must recognize that what's coming out of our mouth is connected to our heart. And we cannot disassociate and say, that was not in my heart. That, that, I didn't mean that. No, you meant that. That's what you, that your, your words are an accurate picture, according to Jesus, of what's in you. So when I, when I tell you what, when you come into, when, when sickness knocks on the door, what you want coming out of you is healing. When financial needs arise, what you want to come out of you is prosperity and the promises of God and the faithfulness of God. But it's what you feed on. It's what you feed on. It's what you think about. It's what you meditate on. And, and so Satan knows he's not a creator, but he knows how to take a good heart and poison it. All he's got to do is, is to feed a negative accusing thought long enough for you to bite at it and take it. And then you start running that negative thought about your spouse. And you start rehearsing negative critical things in your spouse. It's going to get in your heart. It's going to come out of your mouth and you're going to speak death to your marriage. Amen. You know, marriage ex Christian marriage expert Jimmy Evans, he said, pointed out about our father. He said, uh, God never allows a negative person into his presence. Amen. Psalm 100 says, come before the Lord. How? With thanksgiving. Come in through his courts with praises positive. See, if you're going to gain an entrance with the Father, you have to come in positive. You have to come in thankful. You come in critical, you come in griping, you come in negative, you're not going to get an audience with him. He doesn't allow that into his presence. Don't let the enemy turn your home negative. Don't let the enemy hijack your mouth. The number one predictor, it's, it's got a high rate. If, you, if researchers, if they're watching you, the highest predictor of a certain coming divorce is criticism and negativity in the home. When the flow of the home turns negative and critical, that couple will get divorced. It's the highest predictor there is that divorce is coming is when the flow of the home becomes negative and critical because d death is being spoken. Amen. Let's keep reading. Isn't this good? Yes. Hallelujah. And so in verse 34, Jesus said, Oh, you generation of vipers, how can you being evil? Now, why are they evil? Because of what's in their heart. Because of what's in their heart. An evil man out of the evil treasure, what's he mean? Of the heart, brings forth. The Greek literally says flings forth. Spontaneously. The evil man uh, flings forth evil things because that's what's in him. Then look at verse 36. But I say unto you that, how many? Every, every idle word. Every idle word. That word in the Amplified, I believe, means uh, empty, vain, unproductive word. Every single one. Every single one, glory to God, that men shall speak. 
they shall give account thereof. Thereof, what's the, of what? Those words in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified. By your words you will be condemned. By your words. Remember what I told you a minute ago? Words don't evaporate. Words don't just go away. Words don't have an expiration date. Some, some kids have never recovered. They're 40, they're 50, they never recovered from the words that were spoken to them at home. They can be, but they haven't yet. They never, right? I've heard it over and over and over again that where there was verbal abuse and physical abuse, recovering from the verbal abuse was far more challenging. The damage from the words was much, bruises heal, but the words stay there. Until there's healing, until the mind gets renewed, until that person rises up and lets Jesus bind up their broken heart. The words don't expire. So you may think you had a fight. You know, this is what guys, you know, they have a fight with their wife and they're ready to be intimate five minutes later. Because testosterone don't care about the fight. Right? But for the ladies, for her to have a great night, everything in the day needs to be good. Work had to go good. Things had to go good with the kids. Right? Chores had to be done. Because, I mean, for her, it's the call. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's an all-day event. I'm just telling you, the guys, if they want to have a great night, they got to spend all day doing right. The guys don't care. But I'll tell you what, words get out there, and, and, and a lot of people just want to ignore it, turn their back on it, like it didn't happen, like it wasn't said. You close the door, and I'd have an expectation, and she remembers those words. She remembers the tone you took, what you said. How do I fix it, Pastor? I already told you. What do you say? I'm Babe, I'm sorry. I was wrong. This is, this is not, it's funny, but it's not a joke. This is a true story. You know, Amber's brother, two or three, three, three or four years older than you, and they got, they got married three or four years ahead of us. And uh, so when we got married, he pulled me aside, and uh, uh, his name's Lauren, Amber's brother, and he said, well, I got one piece of marriage advice for you. I said, I'll take it. And uh, he said, when you wake up in the morning, before you do anything, before the day gets going, roll over, look at her, and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just in advance for whatever dumb thing you might do that day. <laughs> Amen. And it made it into my sermon 20 years later, you know, praise God, 25. Hallelujah, powerful words. But notice, not just, words don't just evaporate, they accumulate, not just in the heart and the mind, in our relationships, but our words are accumulating in the spirit realm. God is saving them. The only way that we could be judged on judgment day for every idle word is if they're recorded and archived and kept. And there's gonna be some people that you don't want to be standing by on judgment day when God begins this part of the judgment in that person's life because of the words that they spoke. Now, there is great news here. You can, heaven not only has a great recorder, there is a big delete button. There is, a, there is an eraser. There's a big eraser. And when you take responsibility for your words, when you repent to God and say, Father, I'm sorry, for, I have said things, me, I have said things I regretted saying. Yeah. Things I really regretted saying. I say, Father, I, I am sorry I said that. 
and the blood goes. Mm. When I realize, you know, you know, pressure, if we don't respond right to pressure, it can turn us negative. Fear starts coming out, doubt starts coming out, grumbling, griping, complaining, all that starts coming out, and the angels are writing all that down. But you can go, Father, forgive me. I recognize I, I got negative. I let this, I responded right, wrong to this, and I've been speaking negative. I've been fearful. I am sorry. I repent. Or you could do, put it in your calendar, have a reminder, almost like I do, not literally, but periodically, I will do this. Father, I repent for every idle, unproductive, critical, unbelieving, doubt filled, faith filled, word I've ever spoken I ask you to forgive me of it in Jesus name and And some of you you know that clean house but you know a lot of marriages they need a clean slate those words were spoken and your spouse heard them and you need to go to them if you need to and, and ask for forgiveness Amen. Just ask for forgiveness. Be humble. Say, I was wrong and I'm asking you. I've asked God and I'm asking you to forgive me. But some of you may need to go to your children. If you come home, dads or moms, and you vent all, the, all, the, all your frustration from the day and you vent it on your kids, you should apologize to them. Yeah. It's one of the things I've tried to do is that uh, when, I, when I've wronged my kids, I've, I've said I'm sorry. You know, me being the parent, that doesn't mean that I'm not above <laughs> saying, I'm, saying I'm sorry. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's go, uh, uh, just to give me another minute or two here. Go over to James with me, chapter 3. You know, there is a scripture while you're going to James chapter 3. It's in Psalm 119. It's the 103rd verse of Psalm 119. David is talking to God about God's words. And he says, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. It gives us a little bit of a hint of when God speaks. It's sweet. It tastes good. They're good words. Amen? And, and we should strive to have a, a, an atmosphere in our marriage where the words we speak to one another are sweet in the mouth. They're, they're easy to hear. They're good to, good to digest. Yes. Amen. I was listening to a CD, and it was a, uh, it was a minister talking about another minister. It was ministry-related. And it was T.L. Osborne that I think came up to a young, uh, oh, younger Dr. Savell, maybe. And Dr. Savell said, Hey, or I mean, T.L. Osborne, the older minister, said to the younger minister, Dr. Seville, you know, you should stop using those ouchy words. Yeah. Hurts the congregation when you use ouchy words. I don't know what he meant by that, but you know, words that you don't have to speak it that way. You don't have to say it that way to the congregation, even if it's corrective. And that helped me. Just kind of put that in my pocket, meditate on that. Okay, Chris, you know, when you get behind, don't say the ouchy words. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. Anyway, see, I'm pastor's working on himself. Amen. <laughs> Amen. James chapter 3, James chapter 3, verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the word offend also means stumble. If any man does not stumble with his words, that same man is a perfect man. It doesn't mean without flaw. It means mature. How do we know we're maturing in spiritual things? We're becoming a lot more skillful with our words. Amen. The same, he is able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, and they obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Notice, he's talking about a little bitty thing we put in the horse's mouth. And we're able to turn. We're able to direct. 
we're able to harness and to take control of the direction of a powerful force with a small thing, with a small member. Then he gives the analogy of the ship. The ship, even the great uh, ships, are turned by a very small helm or rudder. Comparatively speaking, the size of the ship is steered by a very small component. What is he saying? He's saying we can take big things like our family. We can take big things. And with a small thing, a tongue, with our words, we can harness that thing and we can turn it and we can make it go the right way. Praise God. You can see your children thrive in the atmosphere of, the right, of right words. Our church should be a place where people run to. They like to be in the lobby. They like to serve with our teams. Amen. Because there's, we, we set aside all the little stuff that goes on invariably with humans and organization working together. And, and we, we commit to each other to not say the ouchy words. Amen. And we're sweet to one another. And we're kind to one another. And we, we give in to one another. And we upbuild one another. We encourage one another. People will run to that. They want that. That's the way we should be. And when we've ever yielded in such a way in church on a team and we spoke ouchy words, we should use that very powerful phrase, I am sorry, I was wrong. The Bible says how good and how pleasant it is where brethren are dwelling together in unity, Amen. in unity, Amen. Amen. And uh, so, praise God. Then look at verse five. It says, uh, "Even so, or just like this, so the tongue is a little member, but it boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles! Can you really kill a marriage with your word? Yes, many have died. Many ended. They were over." They were devastated because of the words that were spoken. Yes. Amen. 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 You can set on fire your family and burn it to the ground with the wrong words. Praise the Lord. And so it goes on in verse 6 and says, The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among your members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on the fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed. And they have all been tamed by mankind, but the tongue can no one tame. Say, Pastor, you've preached all this and now look at what you've done to me. You've shown me from the word I cannot tame my tongue. That's right, you can't. You cannot tame your tongue. But the Holy Spirit can. And He lives in you. We, have a, we all have a problem with our mouth. We all have issues with our mouth. We need to invite, maybe daily, the Holy Ghost. Say, Holy Spirit, be my helper with my mouth. If I begin to say something, set a guard about my mouth. Arrest me, help me. If, I say, if I'm in a flow and I don't see it, point it out to me. And he will. The Holy Spirit will give you the power and give you the grace, amen, uh, to tame your tongue. Notice the untamed tongue is unruly and it is full of deadly poison. So we need to have a healthy fear and a regard for the power that's in our tongue. Let's close right here in Galatians chapter 3 and we'll... We'll glow, we'll go. We'll glow and go, hallelujah. <laughs> in the word, good. Yes. Now I know that with the subject matter, these are teaching sessions. Amen? But you know, when you sit under the teaching of the word, you're sitting under the works of Jesus. You're sitting under the works of Jesus. Jesus said he went about all the villages in the cities in their synagogues teaching, preaching, and healing. So two-thirds of the works of Jesus is teaching and preaching. Hallelujah. And uh, we're, we're taking time to invest in such an important area in all of our life as our marriage and our family. Praise God. Galatians chapter 3, 
verse number 15. Uh, praise God, I believe that's where I'm supposed to be. Uh, dun, 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 no. Let me see. Maybe I got that wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's chapter 5, verse 15. We'll read verse 14 and 15. So Galatians 5, sorry about that, verse 14, 15. Notice Paul says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then notice what he says, But if you bite and devour one another, What's he mean? Does he literally mean take a bite? No. We know what it means. Bite. We use our words in arguments. and We devour. Bless God, we're going to get our way and we're going to say whatever we got to say. We're going to insult their mama, their grandmama, their papa, mama's cooking, whatever. We're going to... Gonna, whatever flings forth out of our filthy heart. We're going to use it to get our way or make our point or whatever. But if you bite, we're being reminded the greatest law. How do you fulfill all the law of the Old Testament is walking in love. But if you bite, you words, use your words to bite and devour one another. Take heed, what's the warning? That you be not consumed to one another. Amen. Verse 16 says, and then, then I say this, walk in the Spirit. So... We have a sandwich here, verse 14 and 16 is the bread. We have the reminder of the commandment to walk in love. Verse 16, we have the other side, walk in the Spirit. That's how you're going to do that, walk in the Spirit. In the middle of the meat of the sandwich, we have a reminder, better be right about your words. Better be, better be sober about your words that you don't bite and devour and consume. What was to be a precious gift? And your spouse. I love this picture. Paul in Ephesians 5 is telling husbands how to love their wives. And he says, love your wives the way Christ loved the church. And then he gives this picture. He says, for Christ sanctifies and sets apart his church. And the church becomes, under his stewardship, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And this glorious, how did the church get glorious? How does the church get rid of its spots and wrinkles? Jesus beat it out of us. He used the ouchy word. No, it says that Jesus is going to present to the Father the church as a chaste bride adorned in bright clothing, ready as a chaste virgin to her husband. Set apart, sanctified, glorious, no spot, no wrinkle. How did he do it? With the washing of the water of the word. I've tried different methods to motivate people. I have. I need people to help. I need people to be committed. I need people, whatever. I've tried different. I've tried the negative side. I'm going to fire, you know, I've tried... I've tried the negative, right? But I tell you what, you get so much further with people when you just wash them with the water of the word. You say, you know what, Harvest, I believe in you. I believe you're going to rise to the challenge. We can do this. We can take on this meeting. Other than bless God, if you don't come show up to the Miracle Crusade, I'm going to knock on your door. And I, you know, I thought about doing that. But I've just learned. How's, how does Jesus do it? He washes yes. with the water yes. of the word. Yes. Amen. 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 Not with a fire hose. Yeah. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> 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 Going to get you cleaned up, sweetie. <laughs> Let her have Amen. it. Amen. But with the washing of the water of the word, Amen. you build. A great life, great marriage, great kids with your words. Amen? Amen. Father, we come to you tonight and we pray. I pray that we've learned something. We've been reminded and stirred up about a, a mighty and powerful force, a force 
that will produce life. A force capable of poisoning and bringing death. It's right there under our nose. It's set right between our jaws. Lord, today, quicken us by your spirit. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us with our mouth, in our marriages, and in our families. That we can water and not poison. We can fertilize and nourish and not tear down. Lord, let every idol, every hurtful, critical, negative, mean-spirited word we've ever spoken to our mate, to our children, or at all, anywhere. Father, forgive us for our words that were not right. Give us a clean slate tonight. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for that divine eraser. Thank you for couples that where it's needful on the way home, they might turn to one another and say, Honey, I want you to know I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I'm going to change. Pray for me. I'm going to believe with me. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a better deposit in my heart. Stay with me. I'm going to change. You're going to hear different words come out of me. I thank you, Father, that that sincere apology will be humbly accepted and in many cases returned. I just thank you for the healing and the strengthening of our families and our marriages and our kids and our relationships. Father, where we're hurting inside because of words that were spoken by a coach, a teacher, a parent, someone we respected that demeaned, it was hurtful, it was abusive. We receive healing tonight. We receive wholeness tonight as we forgive. And we refuse to allow those words to bind us anymore, to imprison us anymore. We break the shackle of those wrong words. Thank you for the Bible, Father. Thank you that you gave us your words. They are expressions of who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, and what we can do because we're in Christ. And that we will speak those words and think those words until they become an inner part of our consciousness, our very being. That we are right with God. We are children of God. We are accepted in the beloved. We are complete in Him. We're the healed. We're the blessed. We're the whole. And I thank you for help tonight coming to every person under the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you could stand to your feet tonight. Hallelujah. I tell you, the teaching of the word. Place of transformation, the hearing place. Amen. Praise God. Well, God bless you, everyone. And we'll see you down the road. This, uh, we'll go ahead and dismiss you where you are. But we love you. Amen. Go and do, right? That's the key. Go and do. Do and go. Go and do.